On today's show, Jake Gottinger is officially back. He inks a new deal with the Dallas Stars, and Stars owner Tom Gillardi has been making some big statements in the media. We'll talk about it all on a Friday episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked on Stars podcast, the only daily in-season podcast covering your Dallas Stars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Friday, September 2nd. We have NHL hockey back this month. Stars training camp right around the corner. Stars preseason games right around the corner. If that wasn't good news enough, Jake Gottinger officially back with the Dallas Stars for th- at least three more seasons. We'll get to that in just a second. But before we do that, I do got to say thank you to one of the sponsors of today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. Man, what a day this is. I, I'm recording this uh, maybe 20-ish minutes after the news drops about Jay Gottinger. Was getting ready to actually record this episode uh, completely different. Was going to talk about Jay Gottinger and his interview on the NHL Network. I'm sure uh, many of you who follow me or follow the show on Twitter saw I tweeted a video um, of Jake talking to the guys at NHL Network about how he wasn't worried about his deal getting done or Jason Robertson's deal getting done. Uh, just one of those things that's taking a little bit of time and, you know, was preparing to talk about that as well as some of the things that Stars owner Tom Gillardi has been talking about as far as Sagan and Ben and Jason Robertson. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But then out of nowhere, uh, in the middle of this Thursday afternoon, you guys, of course, are hearing this on Friday. The news officially breaks that Jake Gottinger is back with the Dallas Stars, a deal that will last three seasons, a $4 million AAV, so making around $12 million. Uh, That's what Jake Ottinger is going to be making. And I think this is a pretty good deal for both parties from everything I've seen, especially from the Athletics' Saad Youssef. Looks like both sides had to compromise a little bit as far as term and how much money is being made. Uh, But in the end, it looks like you know, both sides seem to be happy. A deal ends up getting worked out. And a bit from that NHL interview that you hear from Jake Gottinger is that there was really no reason to believe that he wasn't happy to be here in Dallas. He likes his teammates. He likes his coaching staff, especially goalie coach Jeff Reese. Uh, and so I know I'm very excited to have him back from everything I've seen so far. Seems like the majority of Dallas Stars Nation is excited to have Jake Gottinger back. And I'm really excited to see what he can do as the official number one goaltender for this Dallas Stars squad. The tandem officially set with Ottinger and Scott Wedgwood. And the question is, can Jake Ottinger build off his fantastic 2022 Stanley Cup playoff performance against the Calgary Flames? Uh, And I think, 
you know, as of right now, and of course I'm feeling excited because he officially re-signed, but we've been talking about it all offseason. I very much believe that that was not a fluke performance, that that is just the beginning of Jake Ottinger showing how dominant of a goalie he can be in the NHL, that eventually he'll he'll deserve to rightfully be named among some of the league's best uh, among the names of Vasilevsky, Markstrom, Shesterkin, uh, you name it. Jake Ottinger certainly one of the better up-and-coming goaltenders in the NHL. And of course, like I said, the deal pretty friendly overall, making $4 million. So Jake Ottinger getting a significant pay raise, still getting to be here in Dallas for three years and still leaves a decent amount of cash left over for the Stars to sign the second half of their young core, the RFA young core, if you will. According to Cap Friendly, uh, the Stars have just over $6.3 million left in projected cap space i know i've seen a few other numbers on social media as well um so not necessarily set in stone but the point is there's still money to re-sign jason robertson to a new deal hopefully sooner rather than later uh with ottinger's deal getting done literally at the start of september it makes me a lot more optimistic uh with training camp not until september 21st that we can see robo back in victory green as well not entirely sure what that deal will look like that's probably a different conversation for a different day, and of course, maybe even a little bit later on today's pod. But that is just absolutely great news and a little bit of a sigh of relief. Obviously, we're not out of the woods yet. Still need to get our young, promising goal scorer back officially on the roster. But it's hard to, you know, in my opinion, be unhappy about what has transpired with Jake Ottinger. Everything that I've seen and heard from him, uh, the brief interactions I've had with him in post-game press conferences at the AAC, he's a stand-up guy, a guy that you want on your team, want in your locker room. Uh, never have really heard anyone have anything bad to say about him. Um, and of course, like we mentioned earlier, he has a great relationship with his current goalie coach in Dallas, Jeff Reese. In that interview on NHL Network, he went on and on about his relationship with the veteran goalies in this organization, uh, whether that's Ben Bishop, who, even though he's retired, still working very closely with the Dallas Stars. Braden Holtby, no longer a member of the team, but a guy that that relationship is probably still there and probably still meaningful to Jake uh, to have been mentored and to have gotten to work alongside a guy who has won a Stanley Cup, won a Vesna Trophy, and has been one of the better goalies of his generation. And then, of course, Anton Hudobin, who has also competed at the in the NHL at the highest level of competition in the Stanley Cup Finals as recently as a couple years ago. So he has that going for him uh, and obviously has the support of the rest of the locker room, the rest of the skaters on the team. And now he's set to work with Scott Wedgwood, who signed earlier this offseason. Uh, and it's just a nice comfort to know that the crease seems to be set for the Dallas Stars for the time being. Uh, and that's going to be absolutely huge for this new coaching staff with Peter DeBoer, who is there is a connection there as well. Uh, Jake Ottinger, I believe, played with DeBoer's son, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in college. So there's already that connection there. There's already good chemistry, good relationship there, and probably a little bit of a burden off Pete DeBoer's back to know that he has two guys that have you know, played professional hockey, in Wedgwood's case, for quite a few years. In Ottinger's case, even though he's younger, doesn't have as many years under his belt, uh, probably gets a little bit of years experience automatically added to his resume with that seven-game outing in the playoffs. So let me know in the comments down below what your thoughts are on Jake Ottinger signing his new extension and how you think he will perform this season. Well, coming up next, we are going to shift our focus to some of the things that stars owner Tom Gillardi has been talking about this week in regards 
to Jason Robertson, the last piece of the puzzle, the last guy that needs to re-sign his new contract with the Stars. He talked about Jason Robertson. He also talked about Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. More on all of that after a quick break. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening around the sports world. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. All right, we're jumping right back in on this Friday episode of Lockdown Stars. Great day here in Dallas, Texas. Hockey is back this month. Jake Ottinger is back. Now we are just waiting on the news regarding Stars forward Jason Robertson. Jason Robertson has been a heavy topic of discussion all offseason amongst NHL media, amongst Stars fans, and most recently amongst uh, Stars owner Tom Gillardi. And, you know, he had some things to say in his appearance on the Cam and Strick podcast, another well-known hockey podcast, and said some things that were held as pretty controversial uh, amongst several, you know, Stars fans and maybe even some other people in the hockey community. And it just really got me thinking. I mean, there's moments in life where, you know, you may come with the situation or may be presented with a scenario and you may be unsure on something and, and something, you know, whatever it is, it may seem like a risky decision. You know, you're deciding maybe what college to attend. You have two great options and, you know, you're trying to decide what to do. You're trying to decide what job to pursue, uh, something of that nature. There's moments where sometimes there's some risk required for a decision to be made. And, you know, I, I can speak from experience in my life. The, the Lockdown Podcast Network took a risk, took a chance on me with this position. Uh, when I applied to be the host of this show, you know, I liked liked the Dallas Stars, loved the NHL, loved watching Stars hockey, was familiar with the team, but had no podcasting experience. And that was kind of a, you know, a point of emphasis throughout the interview process. But thankfully, uh, the guys at Locked On, shout out to my channel manager, Sean Woodley, uh, taking a chance on me. And I would like to say it's paid off pretty well uh, as I'm coming up on one year as the host of the show. And a lot of that is, of course, a credit to you guys listening. Thank you guys uh, for continuing to support me, support the show. But I digress. A risk was taken on a guy who had zero podcasting experience, uh, and things have worked out pretty well, all things considered. And now the Dallas Stars find themselves in a similar situation, except I really don't know how much risk, quote-unquote, is in this scenario. Uh, With Gilardi's comments on the Cameron Strick podcast, really, you know, talking about how young players in today's NHL seem to be getting paid too much money. That was really one of the biggest takeaways, uh, his quote um, regarding Jason Robertson, regarding young players in the NHL making a lot of money. And his direct quote says, the guys who can put the puck in the back of the net are getting too big a piece of the pie. 
I went on to say something to the extent of there are better players only making a million dollars or less money than that. Uh, veterans basically getting squeezed, I believe, is the way that he put it uh, when it comes to making money or and or getting contracts that they are satisfied with as far as tenure and as far as payment. And like I said, this was pretty controversial amongst a lot of people and a lot of people feeling disheartened uh, that Jason Robertson may not be coming back to the Dallas Stars, which I still believe that he will, regardless of these comments. Gilardi, um, not necessarily involved from from what I've been able to gather and see with the moves that get made, I think that's more Jim Nill and the rest of the front office, whereas Gilardi is the owner of the team but claims to be a pretty hands-off owner, um, a guy who just kind of oversees things, obviously owns the team, um, but not necessarily heavily involved or the one directly responsible for guys that get re-signed or guys that don't get re-signed. Uh, but, you know, he goes on to say that, you know, guys who score Pucks seem to be making way too much money. Uh, and maybe in a vacuum, if that is correct, if you take the NHL as a whole, I can definitely understand that argument. But if you look at the Dallas Stars specifically, I think that that's just not the right take. And I think you have to look at it from a different angle because the Dallas Stars, as we all know, struggle mightily to score goals consistently. I mean, for the past several seasons, this has been a defensive team, which is great. It's fantastic to play good defense, and we've had some really great defensemen come through this franchise over the past handful, over the past several years. John Klingberg now gone, but now you have Miro Heiskanen, who's a fantastic defenseman, uh, and even the guys that aren't necessarily the big-name defensemen still play quality minutes night in and night out. Guys like Joel Hanley, guys like John Klingberg, uh, Ryan Suter, even still pretty serviceable at many moments in a given game. But when your team struggles to score goals like the Dallas Stars do, you absolutely need to pay a 40-goal scorer, especially when he's only your fourth 40-goal scorer in franchise history, alongside the names of Madonna, Sagan, and Ben. Quite possibly the three most recognizable names in this franchise history. If you're if you're fourth on that list, and Jason Robertson, you are no ordinary young player. I, I you know you look at young players across the league. I mean, Jacob Peterson, a guy coming off his entry-level contract sooner rather than later. You're not going to pay Jacob Peterson seven million dollars. I absolutely get that uh, because he's not a guy that's putting the puck in the back of the net as often as you'd probably like. You probably still pay Jacob Peterson. You probably still look to extend a guy like that, but you're not paying him $7 million. Now, Jason Robertson can't even make $7 million because of the cap situation, but he can still get paid a decent amount of money. But I just think that that's a weird statement to make, and I'm sure Gilardi was probably speaking across the entire NHL and not necessarily just the Dallas Stars, but I think if you get a guy like Jason Robertson who seems to be a generational scoring talent for your franchise specifically you got to pay him whatever he wants within reason. You've got to give him that money because he's still young, still has most of his career ahead of them. And I understand you've been burned in the past by pay paying some players that we're going to talk about in a second, maybe too much money and not getting a ton of production. But, you know, Sagan and Ben were a little bit older uh, than Jason Robertson is now when they got their deals. And we have no reason to believe that Jason Robertson is going to be slowing down anytime soon. If anything, we should expect to see maybe an uptick in numbers with a coach like Peter DeBoer coming in, who we've talked about before and seen in the past tends to get the most out of his star players and his big name players. I expect Jason Robertson to be a big piece in the stars offense this season. And I, I think that he is worth whatever amount of money that he wants, which probably is going to be most of the remaining cap space that the Stars have left to offer, which is fine 
by me because there's going to be a lot of turnaround next season, a lot of guys that will be free agents and maybe even some guys that get traded and moved. I, I think that you just have to hold on to Jason Robertson and then you know you do whatever you can next offseason to get a guy like Rope Hintz, who I expect to be a second or third most important piece in the offense behind Jason Robertson this season. I mean, you look at the Minnesota Wild, who paid Kirill Kaprizov $9 million after his entry-level contract, and it seems to be working out. Obviously, still some of the, most of that contract has yet to be played out, but you ask anyone on that Minnesota Wild front office or a Minnesota Wild fan, I'm sure that they are more than happy to be paying that kind of money to Kaprizov. And that's the nice part. We wouldn't even have to pay Jason Robertson $9 million. You can pay him you know, a little over $6 million or around that $6 million mark. Uh, and I think, you know, you don't have to give him a max contract, uh, a full eight-year deal. You know, it can be a little bit of a bridge deal. But I just think if he's going to produce like that for this team that has historically not been great at putting the puck in the back of the net, uh, I think this was an opportunity that you do not want to miss out on. And you do not want to make a mistake now or in the future that allows Jason Robertson to go to another team where his services are no longer benefiting the Dallas Stars. And, you know, I think there's something to be said about spreading your money out and not overpaying young players. Uh, and obviously the stars don't want to just give all their money to a select few players, whether that's Haskinen, Ottinger, Robertson, hence you name it. I mean, you do need to spread that money out and still get some really nice role players. We saw the impact of role players with the Colorado Avalanche this past season. But Jason Robertson is a very special case. And I think that he is worth pretty much any amount of money, again, within reason that he would want because he is a special player. Uh, and I think that if he puts the puck in the back of the net, he deserves a decent chunk of change. Well, coming up next, we will continue to talk about some of the, the things that Tom Gilardi said on the Cam and Strick podcast earlier this week. We'll take a focus on what he had to say about Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn after a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. It's never okay to drive stoned. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. It's never okay to drive stoned. You put yourself and others in danger. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Do you think it's okay to drive stone? The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? You would be wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high and you are not only putting yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself and tell yourself it's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. All right, we are closing out this week at Locked on Stars, continuing to act like uh, I know as much and know, the know better than a, an NHL owner, which I, in fact, do not, but still uh, want to address some of the things that have been coming out um, this past week as far as what Stars owner Tom Gillardi had to say about Jason Robertson and young NHL players getting their money, as well as calling out some longtime veterans for your respective teams. Gillardi also on the Cam and Strick podcast made some comments on his longtime veterans, uh, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. 
um, and you know, really has not been saying anything new. He came out and said what many of us have been saying a million times up to this point, saying they're taking up a quarter of the cap space and not producing enough. And you know, of course, those are the the easy guys to point at and say, hey, these guys are taking up a ton of money because both of them making over nine million dollars a season and still with us. I believe Sagan still has five years left on his deal. Jamie Ben still has around three years left on his deal. That's just a lot of money for guys that, you know, are performing well at times, but not performing well consistently enough to seemingly be warranting that sort of payout. But you I mean you even look at other people on this roster, guys, that it's not as easy to point the finger at because they're not in as big of a spotlight. But I mean the stars are also paying a guy like Ryan Suter three point six five million dollars until the end of the twenty twenty five season. That's four point four percent of the cap. Uh, we've talked about Ryan Suter some this offseason. He's still you know, performs fairly well, all things considered. I think that he is the scapegoat oftentimes for poor defensive performances. And while he's not a perfect player, uh, he still does have some upside. But really, I don't think he's worth $3.65 million, especially at age 37. And especially if we're expecting him to play until the end of the 24-25 season. But then even a guy like Roddick Foxa, he's making $3.25 million a season until the end of 2025. That's 3.9% of the cap space for a guy that, you know, has his moments. He's a de- he's pretty good defensive forward can win you some face-offs in the, in the dot and the face-off circle, but you know, not a guy that's going to go out and just produce a ton of points or a ton of goals. Uh, he certainly does have those moments, but definitely not consistently enough in my mind to maybe be making that much money. Uh, so again, it's easy to point at Sagan and Ben just because they are making the big bucks and they are expected to be the star players of this team and of this franchise. But you know, you could also maybe assess some of the blame elsewhere and you know maybe say okay maybe we made a mistake with some other deals of some lesser known guys but I digress right there because I think really you know what maybe the problem is is that this isn't the first time that Sagan and Ben have been called out before and I just have to imagine that this is some sort of you know take from the front office side to try to motivate these guys but we've just seen this song and verse so many different times song and dance whatever the term is I'm, I'm not exactly sure but we've just seen it before, and it doesn't necessarily seem to have done a ton to publicly call these guys out. Uh, Gallardi was a lot kinder in his words on this Cam and Strict podcast episode than other people have been in the past, the way that they've been called out before. Um, some words were used that I cannot use on this podcast, but you know, I, I understand that you want to try to motivate your guys to do better, um, but there are some conversations that can be had in private, and maybe there are conversations being held in private that we'll never know about, but... It just feels weird uh, to see these people in the front office consistently, uh, what it seems like, you know, going at and kind of sliding, attacking these guys. Uh, and I wouldn't say what Gallardi did was outright attacking his players, but just kind of making a point and saying what's been said before. Um, but it's like, what are we going to expect to change by you just making that comment? Are they going to be like, oh, the, the team owner said this. So, you know, we're going to come out and, you know, really try to put up big points because, you know, it's just easier said than done because both these guys, while we do want them to perform and put up really big numbers to help propel this team to a deep playoff run, like I said, much easier said than done because now you have to factor in surgeries and injuries that each of them had had over the past few seasons. You know, going back to when they signed their deals, maybe you don't pay them as much as you did at the time. Um, although you can't anticipate injuries and surgeries and COVID and the things that have happened with these players over the past few seasons. Uh, it's just a risk you have to take, like we talked about earlier last segment with Jason Robertson. Sometimes you take a risk and sometimes it pays off and sometimes it comes back and bites you. And, you know, we're stuck with these guys. I say stuck uh, as if they're just 
god-awful players, which they're absolutely not. They're still good players that can contribute. We just need to see it a little bit more consistently. Uh, and I think it would just be an interesting take, whether it's Gallardi, Jim Nil, uh, someone else within the Stars front office who is, you know, speaking uh, to the masses where the public can hear it to, you know, maybe show and express a little bit more optimism uh, going forward with his veterans and with this new coaching staff. As we talked about last segment, Peter DeBoer teams do have a tendency to maybe overachieve in their first season of existence, but they also have a tendency to utilize their veterans excellently uh, and get the most out of them and get their numbers up. We saw it in San Jose. We saw it in New Jersey. We saw it in Vegas. And I believe that we can see it here in Dallas as well. I think we can hopefully see some of the offensive you know, potential finally get unlocked. I don't think we'll just instantly see this massive jump. I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get things built up, especially as the roster continues to change and grow as the years go on. But I think that there is still reason to be optimistic about Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. There was a list that came out uh, a few days ago talking about you know, the most goals scored by players in the NHL since the 2010-2011 season, and Jamie Benn was ninth on that list with 329. Uh, Joe Pavelski also on that list, uh, sixth place with 363 goals, although most of those were scored with the Sharks, but I digress. I still think that there is reason to believe in and be optimistic for Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. You know, they, like the rest of this team, have been through a lot over the past few seasons, uh, both on and off the ice. And I think that, like we've talked about before this offseason, this is a, you know, fresh start, a, a new change of scenery, if you will, with a new coaching staff. Uh, and it just kind of feels like, you know, everyone's kind of getting uh, a restart, getting to hit that reset button within the organization, maybe for the first time since December 2019, because pretty much since that, you know, Jim Montgomery firing, things have just felt like absolute chaos uh, within this organization. Sometimes it's been good chaos and sometimes it's been not so good chaos. But hopefully this year provides a little bit of a, you know, clean slate, a clean sheet of ice for these guys, and they can go out and have healthy and productive years for this team. Uh, you know, the, give the coaching staff and the team a little bit of a boost of confidence going into the season if you were in the front office. And, you know, they, they've done that. They went out and got this new coach, got a new coaching staff. You go and sign a guy like Mason Marchman to add to your scoring arsenal, a guy who just had a great year in Florida and looking to build upon that. Uh, and then, of course, you sign your young players, which we've seen them now do with Jake Ottinger and still waiting to, you know, see what is to become of Jason Robertson within this organization. It lets your veterans know that you still have their back uh, because you were actually acting like it and, you know, doing uh, everything that you can in your power to set them up for success. So not taking any shots in Tom Gillardi. I think that, you know, he has his opinions as a team owner. Um, but, you know, those are just some of my thoughts on the matter as far as Jason Robertson and Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. I'm excited to watch all three of those guys play in this new Pete DeBoer system. Like I said, I think we can expect to see an uptick in offensive production, and I think all three of those players are going to play a key role in that alongside Joe Pavelski, Rope Hintz, uh, Mason Marchman, and even some guys on the blue line like Miro Haskinen. I'm very excited to see uh, how it all shapes out for the Stars this season, and that's going to be coming sooner rather than later because the season is almost here. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you guys again for tuning in and for making us your first listen of the day. Please do hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you're new here. Thank you guys for the continued support on the show, and we will be back here on Monday, starting a new 
preseason series. We will start going around the Central Division, talking to different hosts um, from the Lockdown Podcast Network, covering each Central Division team, catching up with what they did in the offseason and what they expect the 2022-2023 season to look like for their respective team. And on Monday, we get things started with the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll be talking with Jack from Lockdown Blackhawks to catch up with everything going on in the Windy City. Uh, a very different-looking Chicago Blackhawks team, a team that is in a full rebuild, but still certainly a lot to talk about there. And then, of course, I'll be sharing with him uh, the outlook for the Dallas Stars going into this upcoming season. It's going to be very exciting, and you guys won't want to miss it. So come back here on Monday for a crossover with Locked On Blackhawks. 